0: Putting the math back in Warhammer. Getting flogged with the Flail of Skulls, this is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show, we have a very special guest joining us today, it's Joe from the Flail of Skulls. Joe has been gracious enough to have me on his show a few times to make some silly army lists and... I thought it was far past time that he come on here and uh, tell us a little bit about himself, the Flail of Skulls, his podcast slash uh, Facebook group, and their project of fixing Warhammer Fantasy 5th Edition. Or maybe fixing isn't the best word, but I'm going to let him explain it himself. So Joe, uh, before we get started here, for anyone who isn't Already listening to your podcast or a part of your group, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the Flail of Skulls and and everything that you guys do.
1: Sure, thanks, Nathan, and uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, great to finally be here. So, um, I'm part of the Flail of Skulls uh, podcast community and on a podcast. We've been doing some, uh, what you could say, sort of uh, soul searching into the math behind the various army factions um we've played a ton of games uh, against each other um trying to find the optimal lists what makes this faction powerful and how can we exploit it in the best way the same with items and and magic spells so basically we're we're math hammering it up is what we're calling it we both play uh uh, warhammer fifth edition uh in our childhoods and we both decided to keep playing again once we uh, met the first lockdown in Corona. So in the Flail of Skulls podcast, we started out by doing a review of the uh, current edition of Warhammer fifth edition. Um, but as we start to progress, we figured out that sort of some factions are locked into certain bills, simply because what is powerful and what is cheap. So we decided to make our own edition of Warhammer 5th edition. We didn't want to uh, change the game thoroughly uh, to make it like a Warhammer Renaissance or a you know 6th edition Point Two, if you will. Uh, so the main uh, idea behind the Fledal Skulls edition is to balance the factions. We have basically taken each army book and we have ranked them in a tier setting, tier one, tier two, tier three. Uh, And we realized that there are some certain uh, large gaps between factions like uh, Demons of Chaos and Lizardmen, and someone at the bottom, which would be the Dwarfs and the Chaos Dwarfs, having um, Empire and other factions fill up the middle tier. So we wanted to even the playing field between these factions. So one of the main changes that we made in the Flail of Skulls edition was to move the magic phase to before the ranged combat and the melee combat. Uh, the reason for this was that we saw a lot of uh, um, uh, reactive spells such as you know uh, buff spells for your units buff spells for your characters they were all kind of reactive for the enemy's turn because you had already had the combat phase so now they're much more powerful spells uh, even though it's not direct damage so this is the way we wanted to balance out the, the magic phase In addition, we also looked at some of the more uh, uh, struggling factions like the dwarves, Uh, the dwarves, we made some uh, bonuses for their elite units, uh, simply because the movement three that dwarves have is a serious uh, handicap to have for that faction. And they have no fast moving units except for the gyrocopter, which is really squishy and not quite impactful on the game as it should be at its cost. Uh, next, we took a look at the uh, all the army books, and we saw that the math math behind calculating each unit's cost was different from each book. So it depended on who had re- originally made the book, on what they made the pricing do. So we wanted to adjust the every single army book to have the same costs for the same abilities and the same stats on their character sheets.
0: When you were doing this and, and looking at the math behind the army books, was it a, a factor of kind of breaking down unit entries and then doing it for, for several books. Like, is there a big Flail of Skulls spreadsheet that you guys have with, with these unit costs? Is, is, it, uh, that is, is it that precise?
1: Uh, yes, yes, we have wow. actually done the, exa- uh, the exact math. Uh, and then we have changed the costs of some stats uh, to make them more viable. For example, Initiative was priced way too high, uh, meaning um, uh, high elf units uh, other elven units were being extremely overpriced for their cost uh simply because they had to pay for that extra initiative mm-hmm. and initiative is a at least in a math hammer sense it is not a very important uh, stat to have in the game so we reduced its value um the same with the equipment we felt equipment was way too expensive meaning um that you want if you had for uh, If you had light armor on a unit, it wasn't really worth giving them up to heavy armor um, simply to give them that five plus armor save because it's usually you usually meet strength four, meaning minus one to your armor save. And the uh, basically heavy armor was a very pricey upgrade uh, and very little bonus you got from it. So we took and reduced the the cost of all equipment as well. We have actually made a uh, besides the spreadsheet. We changed the uh, we add, actually copied the rosters from the various army books, and then we put the changes, the rules and the price changes into the actual books. Uh, another thing we saw was uh, Monstrous Infantry. Uh, saw very little action except for a, a few select like the uh, Croxy Gore from the Lissaman roster, which is extremely powerful, is likely the best Monstrous Infantry in the game in fifth edition uh, because of its price and because of its abilities. So we changed the stats around to make it more uh, cost, uh, you know, you pay you get what you pay for except except of instead of getting like a huge bonus uh, by just picking one crocs or three crocs or whatever you would like. And then we changed the costs of ogres uh, and minotaurs to more match this level. So we made sort of like a standard uh, monsters infantry. And then we have units like dragon ogres, which are more elite monsters infantry. So there are two different price changes. Trying to even out the costs over these various units that are very similar.
0: Interesting, and for for someone like me who is completely the opposite, I, I try to avoid math wherever I find it, and I am <laughs> probably the least competitive Warhammer player there is. When I'm looking at uh, a fifth edition book or or any edition really, because Warhammer, I mean, it changes, but it, there's themes that that run throughout all of the editions. What makes for 5th edition, a good book. What is the... Because you like you were mentioning earlier, that initiative was overvalued. And that it yeah. doesn't have a ton of value in 5th edition, the, the way that combats are fought and, and the way that the game is played. When you open up a book, what, what gives you those, those clues that you're, you're looking at a powerful book as opposed to a less powerful book?
1: All right. So determining a a unit's value, uh, cost and stats wise, um, that depends on what type of unit it is. So it really, it happens to, uh, it comes down to what kind of role it has. Given the many games that we've played uh, at the Flail Skulls and the many, many hundreds, hundreds of army lists that we have created, you know, either tweaking existing ones or creating brand new ones. Um, I have uh, to try and make a simpler devised way to categorize the various units in each army book. So I have uh, three categories, the first one being damage dealers. Uh, damage dealers that can either be by causing wounds or can be winning by combat result. Uh, the second one being support. These are roles uh, for units that are able to either block enemy charges or Uh, provide flank support for your main unit or uh, simply provide some kind of role to uh, aid the main regiment in winning its fight. And of course, the last category is uh, air power It's simply because uh, flying units are so powerful in fifth edition, they deserve to have their own category and and figuring out how which how a unit fits into each role. It depends on um, the stats of the unit uh, and, uh, and what abilities it has. And then of course, whether it's a good unit or a bad unit then depends on the cost of the unit. So if we, uh, the main example I would probably want to use is, uh, taking the empire army book because the empires is sort of like the middle level. It's sort of like mid tier, it's not bad list, but it's not a great list either. Um, an example for that book would be the, uh, uh Empire Knights. Now cavalry is usually filling either one or two roles. It's either a damage dealer, or it is a uh, support unit. Most cavalry units are support units, but there are a few who can also be damage dealers. Um, So if we take a look at the uh, Empire unique knights, their uh, their stats. They're 31, uh, 39 points of model, which is not great. Means you can't have a lot of them. You can maybe deploy. Five or six in one regiment, if you're going for a 2,000 point army. Um, They only have one attack each. Um, Their weapon skill is four, and they have strength four. Of course, they have lances, and they have heavy armor shielding and barding. While that provides them with a 2-plus armor save, meaning they're likely to take less casualties, it also reduces their movement by two. So they're a cavalry unit with movement six. They're no faster than ogres. They're no faster than croxicors. Now, if we match a unit of Knights up against a unit of uh, another unit of Knights, uh, we say one of them has charged this turn, the charging unit, they will have five models and usual, they'll be able to attack six, maybe if you push the unit a little bit about its usual size. Um, And then you will have uh, an average, say you go five models, then you have an average of two and a half attacks that hit because four plus uh, weapon skill four against weapon skill four will be a four plus to hit. So now you have two and a half attacks that hit, and then you need to cause wounds. Now you wound on two plus because you charged. So that means uh, so two and a half uh, attacks that actually amounts to two wounds you will cause. Now that will also affect the armor save of the enemy unit. So the enemy usually uh, the other unit will save on a two plus normally, but that will be reduced to a two plus uh, to a four plus. Meaning on average you will save one of those wounds. Uh, that, so that the unit that charged will actually only have caused one wound in total mm-hmm. in combat in the first round, even though it charged. Um, so not mi- particularly
0: impressive for a 200-point unit, probably.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's a lot of points, and it's very little damage. So you need to uh, amplify it with a, uh, uh, giving the unit a standard, that adds plus one to your combat result. So now you have two combat result. Uh, you'll likely win the combat, but not by a lot. Um, because the enemy will be striking back against your 2-plus armor save. Well, actually, it'll be a 3-plus armor save because they have uh, strength 3. So maybe they will cause uh, one wound and a stat uh, uh, that might be... that's a 50-50 chance that it'll be saved, almost. Um, so, you know, on average, if you're just above average, you would end up with a draw between these two units if they both had a standard. Uh, it's not very impressive for 39 <laughs> no. points model. Um, And since you only have Movement 6, you can't outmaneuver Monstrous Infantry. Uh, So you need a really pricey banner as well to make them effective. This would probably have to be something like the Battle Banner. So now you're looking at a 300 points uh, unit at least, maybe even uh, 350 points, that has a chance to cause two wounds.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't know about that one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah um so this is one of the things we wanted to change we wanted to make each of these units as well feel unique because they were also unique in their models Mm -hmm. uh because they aren't the only one that stands out is the unit of knights of the white wolf but even though when they charge they don't strike they always strike last so they'll be taking the hits before they get to strike back so it's not certain you get Mm -hmm. the uh, five attacks back put this unit put this unit up against a infantry unit and suddenly this unit, uh, the infantry unit, will have uh, maybe three ranks of combat result as well. So they'll basically always win on average. Mm-hmm. So now you need to add a character to the unit as well to make it even more potent. Now you're looking at a unit that costs, uh, you're looking at 500 points now for, for a unit. Oh boy. Yeah.
0: So a fourth of your army. Yeah.
1: <laughs> a fourth of your army, yeah. Now, if the enemy kills this unit or makes it flee because your leadership is not very high with uh, with empire, you're now down to uh, three quarters of your army by one spell or one round of ranged attack or one artillery shot, uh, basically just wiping a fourth of your army, and that basically will cost you the game. So, um, cavalry usually serves as support is. Uh, something like chaos knights with their double attacks and their chaos armor with their one plus armor save and their steeds that attack on uh, uh as well with strength four uh, that's a more potent unit and that can fight its own as well and win combat fairly easily in, in fact um and they of course cost up to 80 points model of course but you know they kind of are that worth while mm-hmm. here you pay 39 points for something that's you can get more efficiently other elsewhere. Uh, basically, this is why whenever we played Empire, we've also always, always used Kislev winged lances. These are only strength three, but they still have the weapon skill of four, so you still hit the same chance. And they still have lances, so it's still strength five. It's not a strong modifier, but you can have a lot more of them.
0: Of course, yeah. So
1: you can even add you can even add a rank for an extra combat result. That'll cost you 125 points. Uh, And they can also carry a magic standard, which is, uh, so basically they have all the advantages of the uh, Empire Knights, but they don't have the movement reduction, uh, and they have a a significantly reduced price.
0: So a bit of a no-brainer to to take those if you have the option. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. So So
1: this is one of the things we try to answer in the Flail Skulls version by giving them unique roles. For yeah. Each unit.
0: Yeah, and, and that would be my, my follow-up here, where we've kind of discussed the Empire Knights as our example of a, a unit that just doesn't mm. work the way you think it should work. How do you go about fixing what's broken there?
1: Well, the first thing we looked at was the pricing per model. Um, when we did the reduction of equipment, that also meant that the price of each of these models went down, you know, a mm-hmm. fair bit per, uh, per model uh the next was to add some unique changes to uh, to each of them uh, that way there was a certain, each unit served a purpose so they you could pick them if you knew your opponent were doing a certain tactic uh the first thing we did was that we uh we removed the penalty from barding from empire elite cavalry uh at least for most of them um for the uh, Knights of Panther, we made them faster, so they have a movement of seven okay. instead of a movement of six. Uh, and we gave each unit free standard and musician. We've done this to pretty much uh, all the elite cavalry, uh, simply because it's very pricey to get a standard and a musician otherwise. Um, the Knights of the Blazing Sun, uh, so far, we're thinking about making them immune to psychology. Oh, okay. Uh, and giving them a bonus to their leadership. Uh, in that case, this is a unit you would pick if you're if you're fighting a lot of fear causing enemies. Of course, the rights Guard. Uh, we're thinking about making them immune to being march blocked, oh. meaning uh, they, you increase their mobility, even though they're reduced in speed.
0: I I love that you've taken a different approach for each of these orders to make them feel unique mm-hmm. and, and to give yeah. them a, a role in, in any given army or, you know, for a specific purpose. That's really exactly. cool. I, I love yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: And what we did with the White Wolves, because we wanted them to have an advantage uh, given that you have the disadvantage of always striking last. So we made sure that they also had the no men- penalty for barding me- meaning they have their full movement of eight. So that's, that's your fast uh, heavy cavalry. And
0: were you able to uh, to do some playtesting with these guys? How have you liked them so far? Uh,
1: this, yeah. Uh, well, uh, we haven't actually played a game with them yet. We've only done theory battles so far. That's why we are, we're working towards a version 2.0 of uh, the Fale of Skulls lists. And once we have that in place, we're going to start to uh, theory craft lists. And once we've theory crafted a couple of hundred lists, we'll pick a few to actually have battles against each other. And that way we can start to uh, do minor adjustments to the factions. Most of the changes that we need to do, we'll see from the list that we make. Mm-hmm. Because uh, after we've made a list, we can basically tell what kind of power it will have on the battlefield, depending on the, uh, uh, looking at the three different roles I mentioned earlier with uh, damage dealers, support, and air power.
0: Nice. And have you been getting good feedback from the Flail of Skulls community? As there uh, some folks that have, have taken up the challenge and, and uh, used some of these altered lists?
1: Uh, we haven't uh, seen much gameplay with the, uh, the varied lists. Um, we did have Jurgen play a couple of games. He was very thrilled to see the uh, magic phase moved, on, even though they managed to forget it in almost all of their games. Uh, <laughs> they remember it as like, okay, this would have changed the battle if we had managed to do this spell beforehand. Um, so we're still looking to do uh, testing on the magic phase. I think that's the most uh, the one that requires actual testing to see whether it will work because you can't theorize um, exactly how these buff spells are going to affect combat um, unless you set up various scenarios, theory scenarios of how the spells, if we cast this spell successfully on this unit, how would it affect it in combat against a similar type of unit from the enemy faction? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of uh, Excel uh, spreadsheets uh, involved in in the calculations.
0: I like how you very casually mentioned earlier that... uh... You know, you're making a couple of hundred lists per <laughs> per army to to kind of do do the math and and figure this stuff out with the the theory hammer and the math hammer. That is a uh, incredible amount of dedication. I can barely barely make a list before I have a game. Right? I'm I'm not even <laughs> one of those people that, you know, I, I don't even agonize over it. It's more of like a chore that I have to do before I can go and play. And I well, I just find it so interesting that you you can. You can do these, these lists and then kind of work out how battles between these lists might go without even playing them. That takes a, a real expertise with the game that uh, is, is impressive for sure.
1: It's, de- it's definitely a lot of experience from the games that we played and seeing what worked and what didn't work. Uh, And uh, each time we would play a game with each other, it was like, okay, I know uh, Casper is going to use this kind of tactic because it worked well for me last time. So what can I do to counter this tactic? Okay, if I build this kind of unit, that should be able to beat that one. But then I need to protect it from his air power, which I know is coming. So I'll have these units as well. Uh, For us, it doesn't feel like a chore to make this. This is one of the uh, best aspects of the game is building these lists and figuring out, okay, well, what would make this unit work it's like oh i really want to use for example with the empire list i've really wanted to use the uh, unique knight regiments simply because I, I bought one of the units and now i actually want to play with it so i've been trying to build okay what can i how can i justify putting this unit in my list uh, what role would it have to fill what would i need to do to boost it to enough strength uh, for it to have a viable choice mm. and of course that ends up with some of the lists being uh, very fluffy and not successful uh, where you're more um, dependent on the die rolls than you are on the actual uh, strategy and the tactics that you've deployed. Yeah. Um, so, so making lists is one of our favorite pastime. Um, uh, we've been making, we would regularly make lists. Uh, basically what we would do is we would make three army lists each for um, maybe once a week, maybe twice a week, we would do this uh we would choose a uh a main army that we want to play and we would make that as tactical strong as possible then we would make a secondary army we we would uh allow ourselves to do a little bit of more of a fluff play with this one so it wasn't as a serious army so uh in that case and then we would face these two armies up against each other uh either in theory crafting or in the actual uh game And the third army we would make that would be our backup armies because we didn't want to have any factions uh, be the same one facing off against each other in case we pick, both picked uh, Chaos, uh, Warriors of Chaos, for example.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Interesting.
1: So, uh, because we simply didn't have the models to field two Warriors of Chaos armies.
0: That is so neat. What a what a really cool way to to have games and, and mm-hmm. kind of figure this stuff out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and most of the lists they ended up just being uh, theory crafting so we would uh, discuss we would uh, uh, reveal our lists to each other and we would say okay this unit the purpose of this one would be to do this okay uh, if it met my unit which has the similar purpose basically the two main damage dealers units what happens if they clash with each other okay well yours actually has a better chance of winning even though its champ it's uh, it's being charged so you would technically win that main fight Mm-hmm. Um, so how would that affair with the other units on the board? Nice. So, yeah, that's basically how we theorycraft uh, armies, and that's how we design this army list. That's from these hundreds of lists that we have gone through over the years.
0: One of the things that comes up a lot when people are making house rules or they're just, you know, trying trying to get what whatever they consider a, a good game in, and and every edition of Warhammer has its its little issues it's it's things that are a little bit overpowered and we talked mm-hmm. about changing up units and and making them a little bit more efficient and bringing the overall power up to closer to to where the the premier those tier one army books are mm-hmm. did you ever consider any sort of uh removal of either units or i am thinking particularly magic spells or magic items i know there are certain magic items that really get on people's nerves in in certain editions Mm -hmm. and and fifth edition has just so much and and so much that is is very powerful and and very cheap and you have those those items that are kind of ubiquitous because they're Mm -hmm. they're so good have you ever thought about removing items
1: well the main thing we have about items is that we actually feel items are quite balanced Okay. Um, We do not want to make any changes to items at all. Um, The main reason for this is that despite being all these, uh, in our experience, we have also met all these uh, very powerful items uh, that simply can ruin your day if left unchecked. But uh, most of these powerful items, they also have a counter item in the lists. Uh, and, And simply by deploying it or having your list prepared for the eventualities, for example, um if i make a list and uh, i'm worried about my enemy using a uh uh a, 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 say i'm playing against empire so they have a hero and a pegasus that hero on the pegasus he's armed with the dark maze of death uh the dark maze of death if people don't know it is that um, at the start once per game at the start of a uh, combat you can unleash the power within the dark maze of death and it'll deal uh, d3 wounds to uh to any model in base contact with your the, with the wielder, so in this case it would be the Pegasus base, meaning you can actually affect up to four cavalrymen. There is no armor saves against the Dark Mace of Death, mm. so it is instant death for Chaos knights, for for many other units as well, and there's even a chance it can kill characters. So, what do you need to uh, to defend yourself against the uh, the Dark Mace of Death? Well, uh, this is one of the all powerful items comes in, which we use basically in almost every single list we make. And this is the Black Gem of Gnar. The infamous the Black Gem, Black Gem yeah, of Gnar. Yeah, The infamous Black Gem of Gnar. This is, the, this is If you're tired of powerful characters just smushing up your regiments and your general before they get a chance, the Black Gem of Gnar is your savior. It will simply lock the enemy unit down. It, whether it be a chariot, it be a Pegasus rider, it be a giant slam with uh, invincible powers. Um, you, you, Black him. he's gone. He comes back on a six. If not, well, then you have the rest of the game to clear up the rest of the stuff they have. And then their powerful character is all they have left. And you'll win by points. Because the enemy won't have the time to mm. gain back the points with their powerful character or their chariot. Um, if you're worried about, uh, enemy flyers, you know, a Pegasus rider flying high and landing at nuking, well, you have the sky arrow of Naila. You just shoot down the Pegasus or kill the knight and they're basically gone. A uh, bunch of points earned for you. You can, sh- you can shoot at units that are flying high with a sky arrow. So it's not really a, a, a major issue for you. Um, are you facing against, uh, uh, an undead army with curse of years and potion of knowledge Potion of knowledge being a very potent ar- uh, item for any undead army uh well then you just have to make sure you have enough uh dispel scrolls with you and right. you have to make sure you uh, you need uh support uh items to help you gain wins of magic so you need a banner of sorcery as well or um there are many items that give you additional uh, winds of magic that will allow you to to stop the 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 curse of years spam from happening and just destroying your army in one turn.
0: So it's really a case of things are powerful, things are very potent, mm-hmm. but there's an answer for everything mm-hmm. and part of the game is just trying to figure out what your opponent might might bring or what their strategy might be. Yeah. Yeah. And then take those counter magics or magic items that will allow you to, to deal with it and then give you some tricks of your own kind of thing. So really no problems there for you guys at all.
1: Exactly. So and uh, this is something we learned by playing against each other. Uh, because if you know what your opponent is going to bring or at least have an idea of what their tactics is, then you know what you have to protect against. And then you have to figure out, okay, which items, which units, uh, which setup will help me s- stop this kind of uh, attack, you know, destroying an important unit. I've got a unit of chaos knights how do I protect them? Well I'll have a, uh, I'll give a skyer of Nailer to my uh, seed sorcerer He has a ballistic skill of five um, or, or six if you go for a lord um, or uh, master one um, in that case well okay I'll just shoot you down. Mm. Uh, now if you now you can look at it the other way as well if your tactic is to bring nukes, and you're worried about your enemy bringing the sky of Nailer, well, then you give your character the Charm Shield. Charm Shield negates the first ranged attack, or first attack uh, ranged uh, against your unit. So skyer of Naylor will be cancelled out by the Charm Shield. <laughs> Clever. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are many v- various tactics. Uh, that's why I've, I wanted to do the, uh, the talk about tactics. I've only done the first one uh, of my series, but I'm going to be doing some more of them because building lists is, 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 um, is, is basically what we like to do. And so every time I want to make a list, I have to decide what does, what is the main purpose of my army, how am I going to score points, how am I going to deny the enemy points, and how am I going to shield uh, my units that are important so they can do the damage they need to do. And all of these considerations is something I, take, uh, I think about whenever I've designed my main damage dealer.
0: Okay. That's so much more, like I feel bad thinking about the way that I design army lists now, which is a good thing because (laughs) I don't generally go through this process and just listening to you describe this. I feel like I I am a better player by proxy just for <laughs> for having heard this. Uh because I need to start asking those questions. I I get so caught up. And I I'm sure mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that are that are in the same situation as me is thinking about lore considerations, model considerations, mm-hmm. uh you know, all of the 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 little things. What do I have painted? What's going to look good? What mm-hmm. haven't I taken in a while? What would be fun to try out? And I think a lot of people, myself included, end up with kind of more of a, a mishmash of, of interesting ideas rather than a coherent army. So it's very interesting to hear you uh, kind of go into the detail on yeah. the philosophy of list building, which is certainly not a thing we have covered on this show before.
1: Well, it is it's kind of funny because what we, mo- what we most encounter is that people will play with the models that we have or the models that they have painted well uh which is understandable i also want to paint play with painted models um and you basically build your armor list by what you, you you remember as being good when uh, when you were a kid and playing the game as well that's also something we started out by doing mm-hmm. the very first time we played i was like okay i'll be i'll play lizardmen. i'll have a bunch of sorcerers and i'll just and a giant slam mage and he'll just win everything um, and that just turns out not to be the case, in, in, in case you meet something that's designed perfectly well. Then you're like, oh, right, I don't have any mobility. I am now surrounded on all sides. And my my giant mage who takes up a third of my army, he's disappeared into the void. Okay, what do I do now? <laughs> so next time you, you decide, okay, well, this time I'm just going to bring a load of skink skirmish with their short bows as strength four. Uh, and they're just going to pepper down the enemy. And even though he kills all of them, it's not going to be that much uh, points lost for me. So Skinks is a very powerful unit. Mm-hmm. It is probably one of the best units in the Elizabeth roster.
0: I love that. I, I love how good they are. Uh, yeah. I yeah, mean,
1: but... me, you look at Soros's, their stats are amazing. Mm-hmm. Sorcerers have amazing stats, except for one thing, they only have four movement. Now, if you're marching every single turn, that means by the time you've covered to the other side of the battlefield, uh, you'll be turn three, maybe turn two, if if the enemy advanced. But if the enemy doesn't advance and doesn't you deploy straight up to the line, it'll be turn three or four before you get into combat with the Saurus warriors.
0: Right. Yeah, and then you've got one, maybe two turns to to mm-hmm. get those get that investment
1: back, I suppose.
0: Exactly. Well, you don't
1: need to get the investment back because it's an investment just that it survives right. because it's points your opponent doesn't get. But you know, uh, if you build a unit that you want to fight, you want to make sure it also gets to, into combat mm-hmm. or you want to make sure that the enemy has to come to you in order to... Um, uh, since we play with temp- table quarters, um, if you place a, a a unit in the middle of the battlefield, it'll deny all four table quarters for your opponent so they can't get the points from them. You might not be able to get them either but your opponent certainly can't so that's that's up to since we play with a vp 100 system mm-hmm. that's up to 400 points you've denied simply by having a unit hold the middle so if the enemy doesn't have a unit that can match that one and destroy it it's a pretty good uh, you have a pretty good advantage to win the game so um so some units are pretty strong you want to hold the center uh, you can of course uh, give a you have a unit temple guard with a jaguar banner to give them extra uh, movement speed three times a turn so you're pretty uh, it's more likely that they will see combat um if your enemy is, has mobility than you you might never see combat with the Saurus uh, unit simply because you'll never be able to catch them mm-hmm. uh, playing against the wood elf avoidance army they'll just fly around you with the warhawks and just shoot uh, arrows at you each turn oh, just whittle there. down your army yeah well. yeah <laughs> uh, a good example i thought of was um uh, remember that game uh, you played uh, on stream? You were playing as the Chaos. Uh, oh yes, yes. Warriors of Chaos so and
0: uh, my myself and Patrick. That was yeah, uh, yeah. quite a while ago now. But mm, uh, yeah, yeah, he he had his High Elves, and I mm-hmm. had my Warriors of Chaos, mm-hmm. and uh, things went uh, about as well as they usually do, which is, mm. I think, I lost at the top of turn two or three, but. You were unfortunate uh, with some rolls as well. I of was. Course. I was my, my poor chaos sorcerer took a mm-hmm. vacation into the realm of yeah, chaos, yeah. and uh, all of my dogs uh, got killed by one of the chaos gods because I rolled a lot of ones. So, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, I mean that is that is what you sign up for when you play chaos, though. So,
1: so one one of the things here you're looking at because Patrick he had uh, bolt throwers, which were a major threat to your chaos knights um so for example in what case what would you do here to protect your chaos knights well you would deploy a unit of six so if you have five chaos knights you deploy Mm -hmm. a unit of six uh chaos hounds in front of them they have the same base size ergo the enemy cannot target your chaos knights with ranged until they have killed the dogs so you're spending uh less points you're basically making a sacrificial unit its only purpose is to draw range fire So you have enough time for your Chaos Knights to to get in and make a charge. And once they've made a charge, they're going to start earning that cost. Mm -hmm. At the same time, uh, you would probably want some kind of flying unit to uh, Harpies is is an an amazing unit. It is. It is the best rank and file unit in the game. That's Harpies because they have a 24 inch fly range. They can fly high. They have two wounds, strength four, weapon skill four. They only have the one attack, but they can beat most ranged units. They'll beat all artillery units in combat, um, and if they're fighting, the only thing that might be able to fend them off would be Dwarf warriors with uh, uh, shields and light armor and maybe a great weapon. So in, in most cases, you'll be able to you know, kill off the enemy supp- support units with your harpies just descending from upon high.
0: Yeah, that, that flying threat would have been mm. would have been something nice to have for, yeah, for, for yeah. that game for but sure. This is basically an
1: example of, of uh I was just using an example of <laughs> because you, you you lost the game, uh of what how you could uh, uh, change the list because I remember you saying you feel the units because those are the ones you, you had the models for.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, Nathan paints frantically before the stream <laughs> kind um, of game. Um, uh yeah. uh and I, I had a few things that I wanted to try out, but, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was a, a rough one because it, it didn't really force Patrick to, to make kind of tough decision. It it, it wasn't able to put as much pressure on him mm-hmm. as early as I thought my, my idea was to go with a, a fast moving chaos army that was, mm-hmm. uh, all mounted or dogs. So, you know, those, yeah. those higher yeah. movement values and, and just yeah. get, right in the elven face really quick. And, uh, yeah, I had some bad luck in the beginning and that, that kind of all snowballed on me. And, uh, Patrick had some, some neat tricks with a, an ethereal, uh, uh, mage that he, he basically just ran into my poor dragon ogres who, who didn't have any magic to, uh, to, to, to kill him off. And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so, so definitely, uh, he, he certainly outplayed me on that one, which he, he does very regularly actually. And, uh, but at the same time, it was uh, it was a, an interesting one to see because he is he he reminds me a little bit of of you guys in Flail of Skulls where he does a lot of this the theory crafting and the the list building as yeah. well as just trying out you know crazy combos and stuff and where I'm very I don't want to say I'm a conservative list builder but maybe I'm I'm not the most imaginative list builder I I, I don't necessarily see those combos until they're used on me and then i'm like oh that's really good
1: <laughs> yeah and it, all, it all comes from uh, experience of playing the games and mm-hmm. and and really for us uh the math hammer aspect really took off once we started building lists just besides the ones we wanted to play for that uh, one round of combat so we, we we decided to do the uh the theory crafting list and all of a sudden our, our understanding of the game just sort of uh exploded um, uh, where, to where we are today, where we have an understanding of all the math and the costs and prices and the, the various roles each faction has. Um, we've basically, besides, uh, I think, besides the Warriors of Chaos, I have played every single army uh, once or twice Nice. in, in all our games. Mm-hmm. So we've basically tried each faction, and then we've done the, uh, I think I've made most lists for the Empire. I think that's the faction I have, I have tested the most so uh, as as I mentioned with the uh, elite uh, Empire Knights uh, this is uh, not being very useful in at least in math hammer this is basically what we're trying to do is we want to take those units that are less used or never used at least by our terms and have give them an option so it's not a uh, it's not a, a direct negative if you bring the unit for your army list. Of course. So, yeah. like, um, it is difficult to build a uh, a main damage dealing regiment without having a magic banner. You need something to buff them up. You won't be able to uh, to ensure a victory with the unit unless you have some kind of bonuses to it. I mean, even the the rights guard, uh, they have some decent stats on their own, but uh, you will have to settle for that plus one combat result, and then your ranks. Uh, and you will have to settle for a movement of 3 because they have heavy armor and shields.
0: Ooh, yeah. That's a killer.
1: Yeah. Mhm. Uh, so we've made changes to the uh, uh the state infantry as well. For example, uh our current idea is to give the option for rights guard on foot and the halberdiers to carry a magic banner.
0: Okay. So so just kind of give them that that option that they mm-hmm. that they're lacking there. Yeah, nice. yeah. Would you consider moving the Reichsguard to movement four or is that uh, is that a little bit much
1: uh, that's uh we did remove the um, the requirement for having uh, heavy armor and shield as well for them because oh, okay yeah so, so- uh, because we've also buffed uh, all the dwarfs uh, we didn't give them more movement, but we gave them some unique abilities that gave them an advantage, for example um, all the dwarf elite units, they can all do a vanguard deployment march move at the beginning of the battle.
0: Nice, nice.
1: Um, so uh, so basically they'll get that six inches closer to the enemy right from the get-go, meaning that their uh, penalty for having movement three is less of a deficit.
0: That uh, reminds me of, in 6th edition, the uh, Dwarven Slayer list. Uh, in uh, Storm of Chaos they had a similar rule which I think was a free 2d6 movement at the start of the game to, mm-hmm. to try and get them to grips with the enemy and boy you you think that you know one one kind of free move at the start of the game isn't going to make that much difference and and that army is brutal they are really yeah, really yeah. good and a lot of it is because they are they have that mobility for, um mm-hmm. that other dwarves don't so I, I'm super curious to see how dwarves play out with this new rule because there's such a, a a incredible classic army for hero hammer and they look so good on yeah. the table and i'd love to see love to see dwarf armies that have a little bit more to them than maybe just the the three organ guns and the you know the, the yeah, normal yeah, dwarf yeah, stuff yeah, yeah uh so speaking of of you know these these changes and, and the kind of the end game for what you're doing here what would you like to see as uh, a- an end goal for this this edition that you're making or these uh, these tweaks that you're you're making would you like to um have have people kind of run tournaments with them would you uh i mean obviously you know you don't have a whole lot of control about whether or not it gets it gets picked up for wider use but uh, <laughs> where, where would you like to see it end up
1: well uh the main reason we just uh, the first the uh, reason why we started this to begin with was simply to balance the game for ourselves because uh our games having played so many games and having theory crafted so much, we found that we always ended up in the same lists for the same factions eventually because these are the strong lists mm-hmm. so we wanted to add variation to the games we were playing uh we wanted to uh, reduce the uh uh, the power level between each of the books to make them more balanced so say for example oh i made a dwarf uh, basically neither of us really make any dwarf lists anymore in regular fifth edition because it's simply so uh, uh so poor in in strength compared to all the other lists um and it's basically a one-trick pony because you're doing the as you mentioned yourself the organ gun uh mash <laughs> <laughs> or or you're uh or you're just losing the game if you don't so either you win the game on the first uh, on your first turn as dwarf or you lose the game slowly right
0: <laughs> oh that's terrible that's unfortunate yeah, yeah. yeah
1: so um so we wanted to add some variation to the various lists um i guess we're hoping uh that people will will see this and gain an interest in math hammer um as an aspect of the game um I mean I know a lot of people mainly care about the uh, the the uh, the painting schemes and I would love to paint uh, as well as some of you guys as well. Uh but I want to I want to aff- I want to look at every aspect of the game and math hammer I think is a very important part of it because of all these stats that are included. Uh so uh, I want something to, to uh that can basically make the uh, game uh, viable, every unit viable in at least in some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we could see it in some tournaments at some point. I don't know. It's not something we have thought that much about in, in case of tournaments. It's mainly to uh, to make the game more balanced uh, yeah. without converting it to a completely new edition like Warhammer Renaissance because we like 5th edition. So we haven't added any units to the game. Uh, we haven't removed any. Uh, we've tried to change as little of the items. Uh, basically, no change to the items. Uh, we wanted very little changes to the... The magic apart from the switch in the magic phase because that was a very that was a very good decision uh two mars took when he made sixth edition that was moving the magic phase to uh after movement
0: i i will say i i think it was a great idea my only complaint is that as someone who plays multiple editions i often forget where the magic phase is in any given game that i'm playing <laughs> But that's my own problem that's <laughs> yeah, not thomas's problem yeah yeah, problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I i totally
1: understand that but this will help you know because <laughs> now the meta face will be in the same place even though you're playing fifth <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and, and uh it's also because we're so fond of, uh, of math hammer it is also a joy for us to um, uh, to try and and uh, rectify some of the uh, mathematical errors in the various lists um and also to in- include the uh, community that we have built up in the uh, Skulls group. Um, good to get their input as well to see w- uh, any ideas that might uh, help us uh, improve this list, uh, the various armies list in, in general.
0: Nice. What, uh, what are you working on currently? What's the ongoing project?
1: Uh, well, the, the current project, we're basically going through each of the editions. um, most of them are all in the stages that is called, uh, 1.8 or 1.9, mm-hmm. uh, as we, uh, do the finishing touches, as we approach 2.0, um, uh, and as soon as we've uh, made this 2.0 edition, then we're gonna, uh, we're gonna not make any changes for a while because we're hoping to get some testing done either by ourselves or hopefully by some of the people in the community will would like to try and, and play our version and uh, see how it fits. Um, and from there, if there are any further changes that we need to do uh, to the stats, but I think we'll, we have pretty much, once we hit 2.0, we, we have a very uh, capable uh, version to start testing. And we're hoping, uh, at least in our theory crafting, that this will bring all the uh, lower tier factions like dwarves and chaos towards towards the middle while uh reducing the power level of some of the more stronger ones like lizardmen.
0: Okay. Okay. And this would be a question that as as the the Wargames Orchard podcast I I can't help but ask you cold ones uh cold one riders, skink cold yes. one riders and dark elf cold one knights. Mhm. Uh, can, do, can we have, can we, can we have some, some relief? Can we have something? Yes. I, I love both of those units so much. Uh, I, I'm just asking this as a personal favor. I would love to just take them all day every day. Uh, but I, I, I cannot seem to make them work for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is, there, is help on the way for these, these poor, poor, big, stupid lizards?
1: You, you are in fact correct. There is hope on the way. Because uh, even though Lizardmen received a huge nerf in almost every aspect, the only thing that was not nerfed was Cold Ones and Salamanders. Uh, In fact, they received a buff instead.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, looking forward to that then.
1: So Salamanders, they received a uh, downright uh, uh, cost reduction simply because they were calculated incorrectly um and cold ones they also received a uh, a, a cost reduction um well we we like the stats as the word they, they're still uh very easily killed by ranged fire the cold ones and they still have to rely on leadership until they've been in combat but now they're at a cost that would uh you know justify you bringing them anyway so it's still not going to be a great unit but it's going to be a viable choice
0: that's all i've ever wanted
1: Thank mm-hmm. you <laughs> And the same with the uh, the, uh, the dark elf cold one uh, Knights uh, they have also they have received a massive co- points production.
0: Oh be still my heart I love yeah. it okay. And uh,
1: we've made some changes to most of the elite cavalry units. Uh, we've made uh, a points requirement uh, meaning that there's only a certain amount of units you can bring depending on how big your army is. Uh-huh. Similar to the way treatment work. Uh, where you have to bring you can only bring one tree man per 1000 points.
0: Even that still seems like a lot to me, but I've been on the wrong yeah, end of a tree man a time or two. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: for example, like uh, Chaos Knights, we have uh, given them the the uh, requirement that you can only bring one unit of Chaos Knights per 1200 points. So if you're playing 2000 points, you can only bring a single unit. Wow.
0: Wow. And that's just due to, to how good they are. Yes. Yes, okay. They are,
1: They have received a... Uh, when we recalculated the stats, uh, they, they ended up costing significantly less uh, than what they were in the uh, fifth edition, Realms of Chaos. Oh, uh, okay. So we needed to put a restriction on it to not make it, you know, you, you just bring an army completely full of Chaos Knights. Just like, okay, I'll bring five units of Chaos Knights. That's <laughs> it. That uh, sounds reasonable. Yeah. Uh, and the same has happened with the uh, uh, Dark Elf Cold One Knights because after we uh, recalcul- recalculated the stats and gave them a, uh, a buff in, 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 or at least a reduction in price, uh, we also felt like they need to have a, uh, a requirement uh, so that you can't bring like just four units of Cold One uh, Knights. So you can only bring one unit of Cold One Knights per thousand points you have.
0: Okay. Alright. I think I can work with that. I have two units of Cold One Knights for 5th edition. So exactly, And I, I never uh, play more than 2500s.
1: And this is a similar restriction we've put on war machines. Oh, okay. So um, any army, uh, well, most armies lists. There are some we have uh, unique cases, but most army lists they can only bring two war machines for every thousand points that they have.
0: All right, that that seems like a nice limiting factor for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there, it's it's to uh, to stop some of the arms that are simply a um We want to use the. Uh, the single use of gun line armies. So uh, both the uh, dwarves are affected by this. What would be seven organ guns, six organ guns you can bring in a, uh, in a um, 2000 point army. So now you can only bring four at a maximum. Uh, and we have nerfed the, the organ gun as well. So it's reduced range as well.
0: Ah, okay. Okay, really putting that under control.
1: Well, this... Yes, because it is. Uh, the organ gun beforehand was the most cost effective and the most powerful piece of artillery in the game.
0: Mm. It sure seemed like it. <laughs> uh, this yeah, has yeah, yeah. been so educational for me and. Uh, it's it's interesting because every time i i listen to the flail of skulls podcast you always learn something which is why I love your your podcast so much and and your your book reviews and everything like that because it it just thinks about the game in a different way than i do and uh yeah so thank you so much for for sharing all this and uh before we wrap up for the day uh because i i'm sure we could keep going for for quite some time but i, I probably should
1: i can talk, i can talk math for yeah. hours in, in, in case we uh, ended up you know i, I I'm barely a, getting started here <laughs> I,
0: I have a couple of kind of funner sillier questions for you to to kind of put a bow on everything today so sure. let's uh let's move on to that so this is this is a, uh, a a kind of pick your pick your 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 best of all time question but mm-hmm. The, the gates of hell have opened, and uh, you have been chosen to play a game of Warhammer against the devil for the fate of the world. Uh, so, high stakes. High stakes mm-hmm. Warhammer here. Yep, yep, and yep. Uh, assuming this is 5th this is Ed, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, where do you go to build this army? What, what, what book do you go to? What are you, what are you looking at? What's your, what's your go-to kind of first thoughts on what you would do to, to beat the devil at Warhammer?
1: Do I know what uh, army the devil is bringing? Oh,
0: that's a great question. Let's say no. He's very
1: sneaky. Okay. He could bring okay. anything. He's bringing anything. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm going to turn to one of the power levels. Um, I think uh, for nostalgic reasons, I am going to pick the Lizardmen. Now, yeah. uh, it's, it's definitely going to be one of the top uh, tier factions I'm going to choose. So the choice could have been Wood Elves, Demons of Chaos... Um or um, or of course Lizardman. Um Britonia is also close up there. Uh but uh, it's a little boring to play, so I want a fun match with the devil, so I'm going to <laughs> Lizardman.
0: Alright. Alright. And uh, is there is there one particular build or, or type of thing that, that you would uh, gravitate towards for for that army?
1: Oh I would bring uh Uh, somewhere between eight to 11 units of uh, skinks warriors each unit would be um, either nine models or 13 models probably nine Um, and uh, they of course would have short bows with poison on them this would be my front line (laughs) Um, I would bring a stegadon the stegadon would Either carry, uh, he would have two additional skinks, but he would not have the giant bow. That's just a waste of points because he's going to be marching every turn. So you won't get to shoot anyway. Uh, so I'll be bringing yeah, Stegadon. He'll have a banner of sorcery. He'll have uh, maybe the jaguar banner. It uh, depends ah, on how yes. I'm going to build my, uh, my general. Uh, okay. Because either I'm going to build my general as a powerful spellcaster or as a badass uh, fighter and spellcaster. So going to badass spellfighter and and caster, he's going to be having um, he's going to be a, a master slam. Uh, he is going to have uh, amulet of saperti, which is a must pick for any uh, slam mage. Twenty five points, uh, chance to dispel any spell directed at him or the unit he's with uh, on a three plus, and you get to rebound the spell uh, back at their faces. <laughs> One of the most powerful counter magic items in the game. Nice um he's going to have a battle standard carrying that and then he's either going to have the uh, if i've given the banner of sorcery to the stegadon then he's going to have the jaguar banner uh no actually he's going to have the battle banner to protect it and then he's going to be joined by a unit of temple guard it's probably going to be 13 models with a champion champion will have the black gem and the unit will have the jaguar banner meaning that both the slan and the temple guard have an extra d6 for three turns to move Yes, oh, like nice rocket
0: slam. Love it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm going to have at least two units of three croxigores in each. Uh one of the units is going to be marching straight in front of the slam to keep him safe from error fire. Okay. Uh, he's he's they're going to absorb cannon shots, they're going to absorb uh ranged missiles. They're pretty good at that. Um and the other unit is just going to, you know, go smash um mm-hmm. something. Uh <laughs> and uh I'll be bringing uh, one or two skink heroes on pterodons. Uh, one uh, of the skinks, he'll be carrying the Heart of Woe and the Potion of Strength. So while he's flying high, he'll be drinking his Potion of Strength, diving down with the Heart of Woe into an enemy target, blowing it up. Uh, the other skink hero is going to be using the Dark mace of Death and the Charm Shield. So he's going to be protected because he's a little more expensive than the other one. So he gets the Charm Shield. Uh, so he's going to be protected from sky arrows or similar or maybe just uh, enemy harpies if that's the case uh, and then he's going to uh, fly down and destroy something uh, depending on what I'm uh, something armored i want to destroy mm-hmm. immediately or and then they're just going to cause mayhem i'll bring a unit of uh, one or two additional pterodons because i can because of my slam mage uh, which will be uh, able to uh, snipe any uh, ranged units or uh, fast-moving, uh, lightly armored cavalry that I need to stop. And I think that's about the list that comes to about 2,000 points.
0: Wow. Talk about having Depending sympathy for the devil. I, I feel bad for the poor guy now. <laughs> that is yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is rough. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. Oh, that, is very, that is a very powerful list to play.
0: Yeah, I had every confidence before I asked this question that you'd be able to give me basically a full army list, and I was <laughs> not disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is yeah. fantastic. Uh, you could uh, you
1: you could ask me to fill another list; I could give you a list as well offhand. <laughs> I won't be able to give the exact points cost, but you know, I'll, I'll get you most of the list. Um, I can't exactly remember the rest of the items the slam major will have. Maybe he'll have a a couple of Dispel rolls as well, just in case. Nice, nice. Yeah.
0: All right, well, we'll finish things off today with a little uh, thought experiment that I like to do on the show sometimes, and that sure. is overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite. And all right. yeah, where we're talking today about all things Hero Hammer, it only seemed appropriate to ask what you think the overrated, underrated army books of 5th edition are, and then what is your personal favorite and least favorite?
1: Okay, okay. So underrated. Um, I'm definitely seeing a lot of uh, uh, support behind the dwarfs um, in all the forums uh, I've joined on Facebook, uh, dwarfs are very popular. Uh, they look very cool. They have mm-hmm. some uh, cool looking models. They have some cool looking uh, war machines. But they are that one trick pony. And they are from our experiments, the absolute worst faction in the game. There is none other who has anywhere near as bad as them. Uh, and that is because the absolutely best stat in the game, the one thing that is most important is movement. And the dwarves has, have none of that. Uh, anything else uh, that we we'll would consider overrated? Um... Yeah, is, is there
0: any uh, book that people feel like is, is really powerful, but you just don't see it? or?
1: Uh... I, I guess I would say I've also seen a lot of support for the dogs of War. Uh, that's also one-on-one. I see as the uh, that's probably the second worst. The dogs okay. of War. Yeah. But besides that, it's uh, Skaven is actually quite powerful. That's one of the more underrated factions. Uh, it was also underrated by Casper uh, and myself for, for for quite some time.
0: Is it that it doesn't have? Um, uh that you have to kind of dig a little bit to find the 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 diamonds in the rough in the skaven book or is it uh a, a case where people just kind of overlook it?
1: There there's a particular unit in the skaven roster that is uh quite overlooked and that is uh like the beastmen. They have access to almost unlimited harpies.
0: <laughs> okay. And I, I honestly had quickly no idea that yeah. harpies were in the skaven book. So <laughs> Indeed. I, indeed. Yeah. yeah. You got me. On it that is the one. best unit they can get. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they can deploy as many as you can afford in your allies uh allowance. Uh, that means a lot of harpies. Yeah, I don't know how There's many no on How you, many units you
0: yeah. You get for 500 points, but I feel like it's too many.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh you can get uh, easily get uh, three units uh, uh six units of five. Ooh. Wow, okay, yeah. That is a significant amount of air power. No kidding. Um, yeah. Add to that, uh, the probably everybody knows that plague sensor bearers are quite powerful. Um, but just how powerful they can be on the battlefield—they are an amazing control unit. The enemy will never be able to charge you and survive. They don't get any armor saves against those uh, noxious uh, fumes. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how armored the enemy is. Uh, the unit also has hatred, so it's not going to break anytime easily. They have leadership ten unmodified. That's great. It's, it's, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so uh, yeah. Everyone's sleeping. Yeah, so ba-
0: sleeping on Skaven. It shouldn't be
1: exactly exactly like like if you bring two big blocks of plague monks surrounded by uh, plague sensor Bearers and then a bunch of harpy units, you're basically set to be just indestructible by the enemy. You can just march up. You can even add some Skaven brew in there if you want to go faster, but you don't have to. It's not necessary. Um, I see a lot of rad ogres, and um, rad ogres, they have time and time again uh, failed in theory crafting and in actual games. Uh, they look quite powerful, but they, they, they really don't earn their cost. Uh oh, oh.
0: That's disappointing. I love Rat ogres.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do love rad ogres as well. It's one of my favorite. I want to try and bring it as often as I can, but it's, it's always a fluff choice. I always see my list suffering. Uh, because I have to cut away something good, you ah. know, to make uh, room for something that's mediocre.
0: Good to know. Good mm-hmm. to know. All right. Well, let's get personal then. What is your favorite and least favorite army book?
1: All right. Well, in had you asked me about a year and a half ago, I would have said uh, Lizaman as my favorite of all time. Mm. It is the faction I played when I was a kid. Uh, I, I picked that faction simply because of the lore. I love the idea of the old ones and the slam and uh, uh, the stories from back then. Uh, you're reading the old books, just flipping through the stories. Uh, I always wanted to feel love uh, sources, as I mentioned, um, but I think in recent uh, times, Empire has become more and more my favorite. It's somewhere between uh, I think High Elves is actually moving up to a close second, and Lissaman is being pushed further further away simply oh. because. Uh, the reason why is because the challenge of building a, an army list that works uh, is it's it's harder with factions like Empire and High Elves. It is almost impossible to build a lizardman army list that is not strong. All your options are available to you. There's nothing. There's not a, an aspect of the game that you're missing. You're you're strong in magic. You're strong in infantry. You're strong in air power. Uh, uh, you have you're strong in ranged fire with all your skink Whereas basically you you you're not really having any downsides as the lizerman. So I like uh, a challenge, and one of those is the Empire. Nice. Uh, nice. Empire is a challenge because uh, the units are are mediocre most of them. Um, so building a strong list or a varied list there is is quite a difficult task. High elves, they are strong in most uh lists uh there's not a lot of variation there's about two different types of armies you can build for high elves with the uh, cavalry army being the strongest version um but uh, the difficulty in them is their pricing their prices are quite strange so managing to fit everything into a list makes it a a challenge in itself to build a high elf list Uh, okay um as for my worst i would say uh I would say uh, Demons of Chaos. Really? That is the, okay. That is the army book I like the least. When we started uh, playing again, I think that was the army I lost to the most. Uh, I kept getting terror bombed over and over again. I have yet to find a, a, a permanent solution to dealing with the, uh, the dual demon prince build.
0: Ooh, okay. Yeah, I believe yeah. that.
1: Dual demon princes is so strong. That's also some, one of the things we've hit uh, uh, realms of chaos uh, demons is on the uh, dual demon prince uh, simply because two powerful entities that have a magical ability that can have magical abilities or just generally hard to die and and hits hard and causes terror uh, and extremely mobile they're very annoying to deal with um, and they can always find somewhere with two of them you can always find a flank charge with one of them. Oh, that's really interesting. Because usually, when you when you play the princes, you have to adjust your positions in order to make sure that none of them manage to to charge you in the flank and to, uh, and just just sh- de- demolish one of your infantry units while he's being attacked from the front as well, uh, or just flying around tearing down all your crossbow units, all your artillery pieces, just dying one by one each turn. Uh, and if there's not, they're not dying; they are fleeing because they keep taking terror tests and fear tests.
0: Right. Yeah. Ooh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so I really don't like the the, the demon war, the demons of chaos. That is my least favorite.
0: All right. Well, Joe, thanks so much for coming in here today and uh, helping me out. And we had some technical troubles that hopefully won't show up on the finished podcast. But thanks for your patience <laughs> yeah. there. This has been so much fun. This has been so educational too and uh, i'm sure my audience will get a lot out of this because they're not getting this kind of stuff from me certainly <laughs> so uh and uh where uh, where can people find flail of skulls if they want to get more involved if they want to start playing some games that they want to start listening to listening to
1: you guys well first off uh, thank you so much again for having me on the podcast indeed with the technical problems it has felt a little like we've been doing this podcast a few times now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, and of course, uh, thanks to everyone for for tuning in and listening to me rant about Math Hammer. Uh, you fi- if you're interested uh, in more about Math Hammer, you can always find us at the uh, uh, Flail of Skulls, Warhammer and Tactics uh, Facebook group, or you can find our podcast, which is the, which is the Flail of Skulls uh, podcast. We also have a Facebook page uh, where you can find some of our uh, uh, recent podcasts, uh, collections, and uh, various uh, army lists we have uh, uploaded at the uh, Warhammer uh, Free Skulls uh, podcast community.
0: Awesome and well worth checking out. I, I've been a member of, of all of those things. I, I don't really contribute to the tactics, but I enjoy reading the posts and and seeing what people are doing and and the questions that they have and the uh, ideas that they have and. Uh, love the podcast as always it's well great to see you guys being so focused and and so w- a wonderful niche to to occupy i think uh, is this kind of uh, old yeah, hammer yeah. tactics and and, uh, and l- list building and theory crafting so i, I love yeah. the niche that you've carved for yourselves
1: Indeed as well. I, I love what you're doing at the Warhammer Orchard with the lore because there's never really been the strong side uh, of, uh, of my Warhammer knowledge. But it's great to listen to all these quirky stories about uh, special characters of the Lizardmen and uh, um, your tales of the uh, uh, cold ones, uh, evolved, <laughs> uh, how they evolved over the years. It's all great information. I, I love, love listening to your podcast as well. Oh, thanks so, so much. So I think uh, between us, uh, between you and our your podcast and our podcast and the Crown of Command, I think we've got pretty much everything covered in every aspect of uh, Fifth Edition Warhammer.
0: I I like to think so. I think we're the total package. You listen to all three, and you are mm-hmm. you are set. You will get a little bit Indeed. of everything and uh, win all your games and uh, paint better and know the lore and uh, become more attractive to the opposite sex. And it's it's just there's no end to the benefits of of listening to all of our podcasts so uh very much do those things (laughs) entertainment for hours yes yes all right well we hope that you have had just as much fun listening to this episode as we have recording it hopefully more fun because we had all those technical issues but until (laughs) next time thanks so much for listening and have a great week thanks for listening to the war games orchard if you enjoy the show, why not join us on Patreon? There you'll gain access to all of our bonus content for any level of donation. It's a great way to help us keep going and enjoy extra Orchard content. If Patreon's not your thing, please consider giving us a 5-star review on your podcast platform of choice and sharing this show with friends. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard and the Wargames Orchard, or by email at wargamesorchard at gmail.com.